0: Great. One person is great today. That's great. All right. Miracles. That's our topic for today. Miracles. Is that a happy or sad topic? Happy. Why is it a happy topic? Yes, it's always nice to see people healed. Why else is it a happy topic? Oh, something beyond hope. That's a good answer. Is it ever a sad topic? When is it sad? When it doesn't happen. Yeah. It's also sad before it happens. Because miracles only come to really desperate people. I used to pray, oh God, I want to see miracles in my life. And then he started doing miracles in my life. But I realized it's not fun to get to the point where you need a miracle. Amen. It's not. Um, how many of you guys have seen God do a miracle? Amen. All right, yes. Um, mir- they come in all different shapes and sizes, don't they? Amen. And sometimes we only remember the the big ones, but God does all different kinds of miracles in our lives. I know, like, during our church planning years, we talked about how God would do the miracle of multiplying our loaves and fishes. Just He would provide miraculously for us many times. During family time, after the service, you're going to have a chance at your table to share stories of different times you've seen God work miraculously. But um, please open your Bibles to Matthew 7, verse 28. Matthew 7, verse 28. This is... We had kind of skipped ahead in Matthew... Um, But now we're going back. This is right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Jesus' most famous sermon. He probably preached this sermon more than one time. He would go to different locations and preach it. But after he finished, verse 7, chapter 7, verse 28, says this. When Jesus had finished saying these things, The crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as the teachers of their law. What does that mean? Well, the Jewish teachers of the law, rabbis, they kind of operated under a system like our legal system today, where someone wants to be a lawyer or a judge, they have to go to law school, right? Right? And they study their our founding documents, their Constitution, the Bill of Rights. But that's not all they study. They also study case law, right? And they have to study all the different rulings that have been made on the Constitution. And then when they become a lawyer or a judge, they don't just rule based on the Constitution, they rule based on all the other rulings, right? Only the Supreme Court has the ability to overturn previous rulings. And that's how the Jewish teachers of the law operated. They would go to rabbinical school. They would study their nation's founding documents, which are your Old Testament. And then when they graduate and they become teachers and and rulers, they were judges, they would rule based not just on what the Old Testament says, but based on what every other rabbi had ruled upon. Because previous rabbis, their rulings were considered law. And so with each generation, you have more and more rabbis teaching about the teachings of the previous generation versus the previous generation and the previous generation. And God's word gets more and more muddied. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so Jesus comes along and he does not mention any rabbi. He doesn't say, oh, Rabbi so-and-so taught this. No, he just, like, skips past all the rabbis. He teaches directly on God's Word. And he even seems to add to it new teachings they've never heard before. He says things like, you've heard it said, do not murder. But I tell you. They're like, wait, you tell us? Who are you? You know, But I tell you, anyone who curses his brother is in danger of the fires of hell. You know, he would say things like this. And he would say things like, um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And they're like, wait, who is he to decide who gets the kingdom of God? You know, like it was, they were just amazed that he could not only preach directly on the word of God, but he asserted his own teachings as the word of God. Of course, he could do this because he is the Word of God, right? We talked about this last Sunday. That our God is one God made of three people, united in love. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, who is also called the Word of God. And um, we see him present in creation, John chapter 1 talks about this, how the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and through Him all things were made. When God speaks, His breath, His bre- the breath of God is who? The Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Hebrew word for spirit is breath. The breath of God carries the Word of God into our world. And what does the Word of God do to our world? changes that he transforms. it. he took it from chaos into good. And that's what he does all throughout scripture all throughout our world's history. And throughout the holy the old testament, we see the spirit coming to people with the word of God and they speak God's word and then God's word changes things. And then in the new testament, what happens? The word becomes flesh. Yeah, one of the things we don't get is in the Old Testament, those, those times when the Holy Spirit would come upon people and they would speak the Word of God, those, those times were rare. They really were. If you look at the timeline of the Old Testament, those times were rare. And so the Word of God comes. The Holy Spirit, again, brings him, overshadows Mary. Mary. She gives birth to the Word of God. The Word of God became Flesh. And made his dwelling among us. So he could speak himself directly to us. That's why he did. And also so he could die for our sins, right? Yeah. And then after he died, the breath of God, who breathes life into every living being, does what? Raises him from the dead. The spirit of life raised Christ from the dead and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And now... Because he has paid the price for our sin, the penalty of our sin, that has opened the door for the Holy Spirit to come to us, not on rare occasions anymore, but to everyone who receives him, to everyone who believes that Jesus is the Son of God and receives Jesus as their Savior and Lord, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. Your body is what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And when you speak God's word, not your words, but when you speak God's word, once again, the Holy Spirit, He breathes God's word out of you into our world, and God's word does not return void. He always accomplishes the purpose He set out for. He's powerful and active. And so last week we talked about how you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is made in the image of God and you have the ability to either hold Christ back or to speak Him out into our world. And so we, um, got these little cards for Lent. Some of you weren't, some of you, this is our review, some of you weren't here last week. And we talked about how as the body of Christ, we need to take Christ into our world and speak him out. And so, um, Lent starts February 22nd, and there's eight weeks, and so there's a scripture from Matthew for each of the eight weeks of Lent. And I challenged you to ask people to read scripture with you for Lent. And in your, you know, workplaces, in your schools online with friends or families or in coffee shops, but let's just take the word of God out there. And you don't have to teach God's word. You don't have to explain it. You definitely don't have to defend it. You are not Christ's defender. He's your defender. As his body, all you have to do is speak his word. And trust him to do the rest. And so some of you started to do this already. Uh, Katie Butler messaged me this week, and she gave me permission to share this. She's very shy, very introverted, and she messaged me. She goes, I never thought I was one to talk about my faith, you know, because I'm so quiet and shy and I don't know that much and all of this kind of stuff. But the message convicted me. And so she asked four people to read scripture with her for Lent. And do you know how many said yes? All four. four. Yeah, all four. yes. So two of them are at work. So she's going to have a group at work. And you'd be praying for Katie because this next week she's going to actually ask her boss too. And he's a hard nut to crack. So, but Katie said, you know, the first person she asked was, it was so hard to do. But then once... She asked that first person. It got easier with each one to ask. The other two people are not at work, so she's going to have a second group. I don't know if they're going to meet online or where. Online, yeah. And read scripture together. Um, But that it's very simple. Just read scripture together. There's a couple questions where there's like no right or wrong answers if you want to discuss and and pray too. But just read scripture together. Um, But... I want you to know you are perfectly equipped to do this. I think we believe lies that we're not. But your body is in the image of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. And you have the word of God. It's not like you have to make it up. Please don't make it up. (laughs) All right? You are perfectly equipped to do this. And you just let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God do their work. Your work is just to speak Him. And not hold Him back. So anyways, let's go back to our passage. Um, There are more of these cards up here. If any of you want to take more. Um, But back to our passage. So the people are astonished and wondering how Jesus has the authority to assert himself as the Word of God, his teachings as the Word of God. And so Jesus then begins to do miracles that prove he has the authority, okay? Chapter 8, verse 1. This is the next verse. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing... You can make me clean. Man, there's so much packed into that statement. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. First of all, he asked to be made clean, not to be healed. What does that mean? Well, as a person with a contagious skin disease, um, he was pronounced unclean which didn't mean sinful it just meant he's contagious and so he can't be near other people he has to be in quarantine some of you guys remember quarantine right yeah and what that was like you always had to be six feet away you couldn't be in the same room with other people in enclosed spaces you had to be covered up and all of that kind of stuff and um as americans like During that time when we were so isolated and quarantined, like depression just rose, right? Can you imagine what it was like for him? Quarantine was not two weeks. Quarantine was a life sentence. Lepers had to be six feet away. Couldn't be in the same room, in closed spaces with people. So they had to be outside, they had to wear special clothes that marked them, they had to yell, unclean, unclean, wherever they went so people knew to stay six feet away. It had been years since this guy had experienced any human touch. Can you just imagine that, I mean, how many of you, when you were in quarantine, thought about how tough this is, and then to think, well, this is not two weeks, this is the rest of my life. wanted to be made clean so he could be with people and he could also be with God and like come to worship and things like that and he didn't doubt that Jesus could do this he didn't doubt it at all he just didn't know if Jesus was willing And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like, we know God has the power to heal us, but we don't know if he will. Right? What does Jesus do? Verse 3. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't... Tell anyone, but go first, show yourself to the priest, and offer offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. I love that the first thing Jesus does here is what? He touches him. Before he even addresses the outer skin disease, he reaches right in and goes to heal the heart. He go, he breaks through that isolation, that shame. Did any of you feel kind of shame when you were in isolate, when you were in quarantine, and people were like, "Oh, you know," like, even though you've done nothing wrong, right? He, Jesus just breaks right through that and touches him, and he says, "I'm willing," and he does heal him. Growing up in church. um... I remember being taught that God can't be around sin. Did have any, Were any of you guys taught that too? God can't be around sin? I don't think that's completely true.
1: Amen.
0: I don't think it's completely true because of the testimony of Scripture. We see God all the time entering into situations where there's sin. Amen. Jesus was accused... Of partying with tax collectors and sinners.
1: Amen.
0: Right? Yes. Amen. And all throughout scripture, we see him healing and touching sinful people. On the cross, Jesus took what upon himself? The sins of the world, of all of us, yes. From my own experience, I know that God draws near sinners. I know this because his spirit lives in me. I'm You know, I, I can feel His Spirit in me. That I, I hear that still small voice guiding and directing me. Amen. You know, and I know the fruit, that good fruit of uh, faithfulness and patience and that kind of stuff that the Spirit is producing in me and that keeps growing. But I also know I'm not free of sin. And sometimes I just think about the things I put the Spirit through. And I wonder why He stays in me. You know, there's those times where I'm like, yes, Holy Spirit. And there's those times that I just shove them down into a little corner. And yet He's faithful. And He stays. So I know that God draws near sinners because I know He draws near me. Sometimes we stay away from God because of our shame. We stay away from church because outwardly, like, or inwardly, we're just a mess. Maybe we don't have the right clothes, maybe we're hungover, maybe we've made such a mess of our relationships we think God will not want anything to do with us. Sometimes we don't pray. We won't ask him for help because we just assume the answer is going to be no. My friends, you do not have to clean yourselves up for God. You do not have to clean yourselves up for God. He's not allergic to you. He's not allergic to your sin or to your mess. He doesn't have to, like, put on gloves and a mask and disinfectant to come near to you. The good news about Jesus Christ is that His holiness, His goodness is far more contagious than your sinfulness. It's far more contagious. You do not have to clean yourself up for God. You just have to let Him touch you.
1: Amen.
0: And He is willing. Without hesitation. Did you get that? Without any hesitation. He is willing. And He will touch and heal you. So I wanted to ask you today, what do you need God to make you clean up? The cry of this man's heart was, Lord, make me clean. What do you need to be made clean of? Maybe it's some depression or anxiety. Maybe there's some sin or an addiction you need to be made clean of. Maybe there's just materialism or maybe there's some fear that just has a grip on you and is holding you back. What do you need to be made clean of? Some of you need to be physically made clean. You know this. There's some disease or ailment that you need to be clean of. And like the man with leprosy, you know God can do it. You just don't know if he will. He will. He will. His, his promises are faithful and true. His promise to heal everyone who believes and calls on his name is true. The only difference is some people God heals now and some people he calls to heaven and heals there. But he heals everyone who believes in him. Amen. Earlier I asked, them, how many of you have seen God do a miracle? How many of you have seen a miracle of healing? Amen. Have any of you? I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yes. Thirteen. I see those hands. Yes. I've seen, I've seen three in my lifetime. And I've known many people who have these amazing stories of being miraculously healed, physically. Um, I've also known people of great faith who were not healed here, but were healed when they got to heaven. And sometimes as Christians, we really struggle to know how to handle the fact that some people receive their healing sooner than others. And we don't know what to do about that. Um, I've heard faith healers claim, like, if you just have enough faith, God will heal you. Um, And they'll have services, and people will come forward, and some will get healed. But there's always some people who do not get healed, And then they walk away feeling shame because apparently they did not have enough faith. Or apparently their faith is too weak to receive healing. That's an abusive teaching. I just have to say that that's an abusive teaching. That name it and claim it theology. God is not some genie that we can just name whatever we want and slap Jesus' name on it and he has to give it to us. Okay? He is God, we're not. <laughs> we know His faith, His promise is true, but we do not know when. The when re- is a mystery. I want to be clear about this. In scripture, there is not a single time where someone comes to Jesus and says, Lord, I want to be healed. And Jesus is like, eh, you don't have enough faith. I'm not going to heal you. It doesn't happen! If you have faith to ask God to heal you, that is the faith that is required. The only question is when God will heal you, not if. The when remains a mystery. I want to show you a clip from the show The Chosen. This is a TV show. You can watch it online for free about the life of Christ. It's probably the only film about Christ that I would highly recommend. It's very well done. Um, Based on scripture, the episode that this scene is from um, is based on Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus sends his 12 disciples out to preach the good word and cast out demons and heal the sick and they're like wait what we have to do this now we were just following you what well, you did this jesus <laughs> you know and, and it's hard for them like we can heal the sick like it was very scary and overwhelming for them and um, the show kind of imagines this scene where one of the disciples james son of alpheus comes to jesus because he has an ailment that Jesus hasn't healed. Now, Scripture doesn't say that about James, but um, it's actually true of the actor in the show. The actor in the show has cerebral palsy and scoliosis. And so this is an imaginary scene where he goes to Jesus and says, you know, you say you give me the power to heal others, but you haven't healed me. Why? And even though this isn't a scene from Scripture, I think Jesus' answer is consistent with what the Bible receipt reveals about miracles and also about the character of God. Okay, And I know some of you also struggle with this. You struggle with why you haven't been healed or why a loved one hasn't been healed so I just
1: wanted you to see this clip. Master. Little hey James. James. May I have a moment? Of course. I have. Um... Forgive me, I'm uh, not always confident to speak. Slow to speak, it's a very good quality. <laughs> To ask you a question. Please? So you're sending us out with the ability to heal the sick and lame. Yes, that, that is what you said. Yes. So you're telling me that I have the ability to heal. <laughs> Forgive me, I just find that difficult to imagine with my condition which you haven't healed. Do you want to be healed? Yes, of course, if if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James Precious little James I need you to listen to me very carefully Because what I'm going to say Defines your whole life to this point And will define the rest of your life Do you understand? In the Father's will I could heal you Right now And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes, that you do miracles. And that's a good story. But there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more, even thousands. But think of the story that you have, especially in this journey to come, if I don't hear you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this. To know how to focus on all that matters so much more than the body. To show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many. But the others, there's so much more. So much more what? I don't know. Stronger? Better at this? James, I love you. But I don't want to hear that ever again. I know how easy it is to say the song of David. That I fearfully and wonderfully made but it doesn't make this any easier and in this group it doesn't make me feel like any less of a burden a burden first of all it is far easier to deal with your slow walking than it is to deal with simon's temper trust me are you fast look impressive when you walk? Maybe not. But these are things the Father doesn't care about. You are going to do more for me than most people ever dream. So many people need healing in order to believe in me. Or they need healing because their hearts are so sick. That doesn't apply to you. And many are healed or not healed because the Father in heaven has a plan for them which may be a mystery. And we remember what Job said. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord. When you pass from this earth, and you meet your Father in Heaven, where Isaiah promises you will leap like a deer, your reward will be great. So hold on a little longer. And when you discover yourself finding true strength because of your weakness, and when you do great things in my name in spite of this, the impact will last for generations. Do you understand? Thank you, Master. A man like you healing others. Oh, I can't wait to hear your stories when you return. Shalom, my son. Shalom. And James. Ring that You will be.
0: with the Lord and there's two things that strike me about that club first, that followers of Jesus who are not physically healed in this lifetime are to be held in high esteem not shamed for a lack of faith but rather held in high esteem because they model perseverance and faith for us and their reward in heaven will be great. The other thing is that as followers of Jesus Christ, as his disciples, we are given the authority to heal. And that is part of the good news. James chapter 5 tells us this, it gives us a command. Um, If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It sounds so simple and straightforward, doesn't it? And I've seen people healed through this. I've seen people miraculously healed. I've also seen people who came and were anointed with oil and their healing came later, like a week or two or a month later, their healing came. I've probably seen that delayed healing more than I've seen the immediate healing happen. And I've also seen people who received no apparent physical healing. But the Lord strengthened their inner being to continue on and to be encouraged. This is how we're instructed to practice healing in the church. It's part of the good news, and so we're going to practice it. The praise team is going to come in a few moments and lead us in worship. Um, And as they sing, there's a few different ways that you can respond. You can sing, too. You can make use of the prayer bowls. You know um, that there's paper. And those baskets and pens, and you can write out a prayer to the Lord and bring it forward. If you fold it, it will remain unread. If you leave it unfolded, um, I will read it and pray for you later this week. Um, but I'm, today I'm also going to be standing in the back uh, to anoint people with oil for anyone who wants to be made clean. Whatever it is you need to be made clean up. And um, it, it's very simple, really. I um, have these little cards. They're on the altar back there with some pens. And I, I have these because um, I've done this before when there's worship teams playing. And I don't hear that well normally, but when there's a band playing, I hear it even less well. So um, the little card, it just has your name. What do you want prayer for? Real simple. The next question, may we lay hands on you? And you circle yes or no. It is common practice to lay hands on the head or shoulder of someone when you're praying for them. Or maybe like if you have back pain, to put your hand on the back. Um, but it's not necessary and I know some people have been abused by touch, and so we don't want to make this weird and awkward. So you can circle yes or no there. Um, and then it says, if there's a sin you need to confess, please write it here, so pastor can assure you of God's forgiveness. And I, I included that, and I want to be clear on why I included that. Um, God's Word is clear that our physical ailments are not always directly caused by our sin. They're, they're caused because Adam and Eve, you know, sinned and broke this world, and so there's this kind of massive effect and disease and things like that. But it's not necessarily a one-to-one direct relationship. It's not like you sin and you immediately get sick or anything like that. So you, you might have sickness or ailments or problems that have nothing to do with your sin. The Bible also says that sometimes sin does cause us to be sick. And in this verse, it says, if they have sinned, let them confess it so that they will be healed. And this confession of sins is something we have lost in the evangelical church. Um, I think all churches, different denominations, have their strengths and weaknesses. Um... But this is a weakness of our branch of Christianity. That we tend to be too proud to confess our sins to one another. And um, I think it makes our hearts sick. There is something amazingly healing about getting that off your chest. And having a person of God, a brother or sister in Christ, be Jesus with skin onto you and look you in the eyes and says, God has forgiven you. There's healing in that and a release. And so as the worship team plays, if you feel moved to come and get anointed for something, just ask God, God, is there something I need to confess? Maybe you don't. That's fine. But if God... If something comes to your mind and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, you can just write it down here. It, well, this one doesn't have much space, but you don't have to give details, okay? Um, and then I'll just read it, and I'll speak truth to you, that God has forgiven you, and we'll just tear it up, Okay? And then the anointing with oil is really simple. It's just, I put a little oil on my finger and I anoint you in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. It doesn't like come dripping down your face or anything like that. And we just pray for your healing in accordance to what you've written, okay? Um, I would appreciate some prayer warriors joining me back there, not for the confession part, but just for the praying part. So... If you are a prayer warrior, you know you're a prayer warrior, right? Um, And you can just meet me back there. That would be helpful. Um, A lot of times when I pray over people for healing, I will ask them, like, if there's a pain. um, Like, maybe they have pain in their leg or something. And I'll say, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's the pain like? And they'll say it, and then we'll pray. And I'll say, what's the pain like now? And you can tell me. And then I'll ask, do you want us to keep praying or not? And it will be your decision how long we keep praying for you. Um, like I said, a lot of people, it doesn't immediately happen. It kind of slowly calms. Um, but I have been in, in circumstances where people have come forward to be prayed over. And the people praying over them are like so intense and like... You're gonna be healed right now, and, you know. And like, they're praying and praying and the person's like, uuuh. And, and they're like, people like fake, oh yeah, it's better. It is better. Like, and just, just to get out. Okay. Alright. None of that kind of craziness. Okay. We'll just ask you, uh, you, do you feel good? Do you want us to keep praying? Yes or no? It is up to you. All right. Um, we don't need to scream to do this or shout or um first corinthians says our god is a god of order not of chaos okay so this will be very simple and orderly i just have you write things down because sometimes i don't hear well. okay um but worship team will you come and I hope that some of you get courageous and take some more cards. Or for those of you who took, know that I am praying for you. I am praying that you'll have courage to follow through on asking people, and I'm praying that you have favor, just like God gave Katie favor, that He will give you favor as you ask people. God, I thank you. For the good news of Jesus Christ. That your word. Which transforms us. Which transforms the chaos. Into good. That word came. And dwelt among us. And spoke to us. And also empowered us. We thank you for Jesus. Who died for our sins. And we thank you. That his. Sacrifice, pave the way for the Holy Spirit not to come to us on rare occasions, but to be with us always. And God, we ask you to forgive us for the times we have squashed the Holy Spirit into this little corner of ourselves, the temple. And God, I pray you give us courage to let the Holy Spirit loose in us and through us. God, I pray that we will believe not only in your power, but we will believe in your goodness. And we will not be afraid to ask for the things you encourage us to ask for and do the things that you encourage us to do. But we will have faith to believe that you have empowered us, Lord. I pray for your Holy Spirit to move powerfully among us now. Lord, bring to our minds, if there's anything we need to confess, bring to our minds whatever it is we need to be made clean of. We pray your Holy Spirit breaks through anxiety, breaks through depression. We pray your Holy Spirit breaks through anger. God, we pray your Holy Spirit breaks through fear and every kind of ailment. For we know that you have come to set us free. For it is freedom that Christ has come. That is the good news. And Lord, we pray that you will set more and more of us free, even today. And God, we pray if there's any among us here who have not received you as our Lord and Savior, that they would open themselves up to that today. We love you, God. Continue to do miracles among us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.